I'm delighted to welcome Thomas Cox, who's the Managing Director of the London Corinthia Hotel, to our podcast. I was really interested in talking to Thomas because I watched a TV programme with him a few months ago where he was talking about the hotel and he was talking about aspiring to excellence and how that was really important through every single aspect of the hotel and what they do. And that really resonated with me because I think the seven skills are very much about aspiring to excellence, to really digging into the gold that is inside you and just being the very best person that you can be. So I thought it would be great to talk to somebody who has such a strong theme of excellence in their life and in their work. So I'm delighted to welcome Thomas Cox, the Managing Director of the Corinthia Hotel London, to the show. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Und ich freue mich sehr, Ihnen kennenzulernen. Oh my God, you want to do this in German. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I don't think I can do <laughs> the whole... It freut mich sehr, hier zu sein. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Thomas in this beautiful London suite, absolutely gorgeous, at the Corinthia Hotel, and... I wanted to interview Thomas because I feel strongly that there is a real sense of excellence and wonder about this hotel, and I Thank feel you. that you're driving it. Thank um, you, I try. <laughs> I'd love to just ask you, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, excellence is its a very broad question, of course, but excellence for sure has something to do with trying to be a little bit better every day, doing the very best you can, maybe excelling a little bit at times, and also giving our guests just the best experience mm. there can be. Um, you know, I'm very aware in this business that there are a number of incredibly reputable and very, very good luxury five-star mm. hotels in London. So so in that landscape, of course, you need to somehow stand out. And excellence in the, you know, in the context of luxury is, of course, not very far-fetched. But um, the question is, of course, what is that excellence mm. and how do you achieve it? Because if it becomes an exercise which is achingly sort of pursued, then I don't think it's very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I really, in our world here, like to use the word effortless quite a bit because mm -hmm. if it's mm -hmm. happening effortlessly, I think the outcome of excellence is truly excellent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of people here to, yes. to manage. 500, and... wow. roughly. Okay. <laughs> so how do you inspire that in them? I mean, in hotels, it's just incredibly important to create a culture. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's, it's, it's a mindset. Um, I very often get asked the question, not so Thomas, in hotels, what's the most outrageous request you ever had? And it's really a difficult question to answer because, first of all, there aren't that many outrageous requests. But, mm -hmm. of course, with the years in hotels and in this environment, you develop a mindset where you know, you almost wonder what's outrageous, you know, mm. as long as it's legal and as long as it's possible, <laughs> it's hardly outrageous. So this mm. is how, in answer to your question, when you create a culture with a team, you know, where people 
are just really motivated and wanting mm. to do a little better and wanting to be part of something that maybe makes a difference or that gets noticed, then you're a little step closer to excellence. Mm -hmm. So we mm. talk a lot, you know, we share a lot, yes. we share um, experiences. So I will be on holiday in a week's time, mm -hmm. so I'll be away for two weeks, but I will, of course, travel and come back with stories and yes. experiences, good and bad. So those we will share. Mm -hmm. um, so there's mm -hmm. a really transparent and mm -hmm. inclusive culture. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... For you personally, where does that drive come from to be excellent? Is that something that you've always had? Is it you know, I have that in certain parts of my life. I'm not like an overly driven person mm -hmm. with everything. So um, I, I think you need to be a little bit relaxed uh, <laughs> in this world as well, because mm -hmm. otherwise, um, how, how would you live? But you see, I really believe that if you do what you love mm. then that almost comes naturally mm. and I um, you know I have chosen this this profession really very consciously mm. I just knew and I felt that this is what I want to do I wanted to do hospitality I wanted to run a hotel one day but I knew that when I was 19 yes and yes. Um, so this is just something that excites me and yes. that I genuinely love and that I'm very passionate about. And I think that's where that drive comes yes. from. So if you and yes. I would now go for a 10K run, <laughs> you know, you're very welcome to win. <laughs> um, so there is a different ambition. Yes. Um, yeah. So this really means a lot to me. Mm. It, that's really interesting because one of the things I write about is that if you can... Um, nurture some of these skills or all the seven skills then you are much more likely to do work that you love and to have purpose in your life to have mm -hmm. meaning in your life so I think um, being able to find something that you really love to do is, is, is a great it's a great gift that you were able to know that at a young age yeah, I agree. And that's also how we select people, because you can imagine with 500 people doing something that is never done, you, you know, because what yes, we do today, yeah. we start all over tomorrow. Yes. Every day we have about 100 arrivals, 100 departures. This suite looks very perfect now, but <laughs> when we're out of here, somebody mm. will move in tomorrow. It has to be done again. So when we select people, we need to find people who who really want to be here. I mean, if, if, this, if this business, if you just do it to do a job, it's hard. But yes. if you do it because you yes. like it, yeah. it's, a, it's a joy and a pleasure. Yeah. And perhaps effortless, maybe, too. And effortless, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned <clears throat> earlier, before we recorded, about a model of excellence. Yeah, because when you, I mean, maybe we can talk a little bit more about how do you get this into 500 people because, you know, hotels go beyond just checking in, checking out, serving breakfast mm. and so on. I mean, there's, of course, it's a whole business. This is almost 300 bedroom hotels with a number of restaurants and so on. So there is also money involved and there needs to, of course, be a bottom line. And we have a lot of different products and service and happiness is of course also one of our products but it's very intangible because it's a mood it's an emotion mm -hmm. it's a feeling so so you you know and 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 then sometimes i say to the team you need to make people feel better 
and then they look at me like, yeah, but they don't feel bad. Yeah, but mm. you don't have to feel bad in order to feel better. You just need to feel a little better when you leave and you need to have a reason to come back. So these are very broad yes. and global statements, which maybe just put people a little bit into a frame of mind where this excellence can come mm -hmm. from. But then, if you operate a hotel and it's busy every day, you have 200 breakfasts, 100 afternoon mm. teas, busy checking in, checking out in restaurants, sometimes you need to make things a little more tangible. And, you know, there's this old management saying, you can only manage what you can measure. And how do you want to measure service? Mm. You, of course, you can have uh, mystery shopping tests, and but it's only ever a snapshot it's only mm. ever one moment in time so in order to make it a bit more measurable we we came up with a with a little model that we share with the staff and instead of calling it service we're calling it operational excellence oh, okay. because operational excellence actually also includes behind the scenes and not just the person in front of the guest because i think it's a really important thing to notice that excellence isn't only happening in the moment where you as a consumer get the excellence mm -hmm. there are a number of elements behind the scenes that have to happen in order for that one colleague to perform. Mm. So in operational excellence, we then break down into technical excellence, aesthetic excellence, and emotional excellence, because those are all contributors for people to enjoy service and walk away with a meaningful memory or a great experience. Do you want me to I elaborate that. on that? No, I love that. I love, I love the idea of a model of excellence. <laughs> yeah, well, because if you think about it a little bit, if you're sitting in a restaurant and you want to get great service or excellent service, um, there are technical elements. There's mm -hmm. like like the hotel schools teach us. Is the cutlery in the right place? Are you served from the right? You're you not know, just very technical elements. But if it's freezing cold or if the music is too loud or if the waiter looks horrible mm -hmm. or you can't understand a word, then these are aesthetic elements mm -hmm. that can actually ruin the otherwise perfect experience. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so just this sensitivity towards aesthetics as well, you know, how we use our language, how we mirror yes. our guests' behavior, Behaviors, that the lighting is right, the music is right, um, you know, that our uniforms are prim and proper yes. so that it's pleasing on yes. the eye. I mm -hmm. think they contribute to service experiences. Mm -hmm. And so does the emotional excellence because that's, of course, where you actually probably build the, the relationships for people to become loyal and come back mm. and actually like it in their hearts. Yes. But, yes. of, I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. Empathy, intuition. Yes, yes. But yes. it's all contributing to excellence. By telling our teams that, mm -hmm. you make them aware and you suddenly move something to the forefront mm -hmm. of their minds mm -hmm. that they may otherwise not think about. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that anyone dilly-dallys along because nobody ever should, but sometimes there is just a routine in life. And mm -hmm. I don't think you can blame anyone when they do 100 afternoon teas every mm -hmm. day that mm -hmm. after a few weeks, maybe there is a certain routine. Yes. But this awareness of yes. these individual excellence factors and this drive to make people's day and to treat everybody as if it's their mm -hmm. birthday today, mm -hmm. you need to talk about this. Otherwise, yes. people forget. Yes. And also, I think what you're saying as well is it's about very much being in the moment and being very, very present because yes. that takes the routine away away from it doesn't it yeah yeah and also it brings an alertness and a focus so 
you know, of course, we're striving for perfection here, normal. Yeah, I mean, people pay a lot and, and obviously nobody comes here for mistakes. But can I put my hand on my heart and say that we never have a glitch? Mm. Of course we do. Mm. I, I mean, we have people working here. Everything is delivered through people. So sometimes things go wrong. But you know, it's interesting. Mostly it goes wrong when people aren't focused, mm -hmm. aren't briefed mm -hmm. properly didn't do their homework in terms of preparing for mm -hmm. maybe something that isn't the norm, Yeah, it has a lot to do with focus. Yes. So being alert to your point and living in the moment and being aware mm. of what's happening mm. around you is so much yes. better for excellence. Yes, yes. I think <laughs> and that probably applies across a Any, whole number anywhere, of industries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you um, something else. Um, I know I'm aware that you started your career with an apprenticeship mm -hmm. and This is an opportunity that I think is undervalued in, in the UK. And so I want to ask you what you feel that experience has given you and how it's impacted your life going through the apprenticeship process. In hindsight, I liked it very much. At the time, uh, I have to say, I didn't think it through too much because I was born in Germany and that's just the way you start your mm. professional life there mm. in certain professions. I don't know if I ever told you that I had a little bit of a predicament because I actually started me to study medicine uh -huh. and I stopped <laughs> because it wasn't for me. I just knew mm. I wanted to do this mm. but this job starts with an apprenticeship mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, I felt It was a really solid foundation because for two, two and a half years, it depends a little bit on the school you went to mm. before. So for two years, I just went through every single department in the hotel, from the kitchen mm -hmm. to housekeeping to reception to event organization, restaurants, back of house, everything. And um, first of all, it helps you to find your talent a little bit mm -hmm. in a very... Um, sort of pro protected program because you're just going through the departments and if you like one very much you can find that out and if you don't like mm -hmm. another one so much then that's fine as well and you didn't make a mistake mm -hmm. um, so I would really recommend it and we we have a number of apprentices working here at the Corinthia we are in very close contact with hotel schools to take interns and um, I think it's a very good scheme because I guess it doesn't really matter what you do. At the heart of what we do is an operation mm. and is a core product mm -hmm. and to know how that works. In hotels in particular, I really do not believe that you can manage a hotel not knowing the operation. Yes. So Yes. I can only, I mean, as you can imagine, I very much encourage young people to come to this industry. And it's yes. really something that's very close to my heart mm. because I sometimes mm. feel the parents are maybe the ones who are preventing young mm -hmm. people to come mm -hmm. into this industry for some reputational mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. But but it honestly, it is such fun and we do a normal 40-hour weeks like everybody yeah, else. And, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think I think we, we yeah, we, in the UK particularly, it's, it's about going to university. Although I think that's changing because it's becoming expensive and I think... I think yeah. the, the tide is turning, and I think I think the value of apprenticeships is becoming uh, more visible, which yes, is good. Which is which is good, and um, you know I think university education is also very important. And in this business, like in any other business, of course you need a university degree if you want to run a hotel. Mm. 
it's a multi-million pound business where you have a lot of people responsibility but mm. here at the Corinthia we say we do everything with our heart, head and hands <laughs> and that's actually really quite nice because not everybody wants to always only work with their head you know yes. there are a lot yes. of people who just who, who are just born with very talented hands and yes. they can work in yeah. our kitchens or they can be engineers mm. I mean there are number, mm. I mean hotels are just so versatile mm. Well, thank you so much. Um, now, uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about the Corinthia London? And, you know, is there anything they should know about? What are, what are the restaurants like? What else is there that they could come to? Oh, my God. Like, how much time do I have? But um, guess what? It is one of my favorite hotels in the world. Um, but there are others. Um, and I think this is really fun about hotels, when you can discover something that you like very much. And um, I think if you walk through hotels with open eyes, you can discover a lot of those elements. Um, because there are, in fact, people behind those hotels who try to make them very special. And that's, of course, what we try to do here as well. I mean, when we got Tom Carriage in, he's mm. operating one of our restaurants. Uh, that was a very purposeful decision. I mean, that wasn't just a random choice. Um, and and I love that restaurant. It's just, it seems like a wonderful party to be in there. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it is really is, is fantastic. And Andre Garrett is one is our executive chef. He's doing the food in the rest of the hotel. I mean, I don't think I should keep our spa a secret. The spa is a, is <laughs> oh, a wonderful place. I thought about the spa. <laughs> I know it's it's thirty five thousand square feet, so it's um, it's spread over four floors, and you have mm. an entire floor dedicated to the beautiful treatment rooms, and one to fitness, and one mm. to. Oh. To pools and saunas and steam rooms and so on. And if you're still not excited, That's I'm going to have to come back. For the yeah, spa. you have to come back to the spa. <laughs> oh. I would just love to see people, and we would love to welcome everyone. Great. Well, thank, thank you. you, thank you so much for talking to, to us today. I really appreciate your time, and it's been lovely to spend some time with you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure.